you have to always look up to somebody there's there are people that have gone through this journey for 10 12 15 years and they can make you achieve it in six months all you That's need to right. do is just pay for that service and let them show you the blueprint it's That's easy right. the flip side of it people wait on day delight no one make people just say they even they delighted they want just be quiet somewhere you know they want they don't want to share their secrets with anybody we all have to sort of change our behaviors we know we talk about afrobeats mono talk about alaba we know we talk about afrobeats mono talk about um you know even fashion and i think people in nigeria don't understand how far this thing has gone it has gone very 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 far. my name is jobless this, this <laughs> hey my brother how far now i do i do i do i do first of all let me just say thank you i know how crazy your schedule is and for you to find times okay i'll speak to you guys i i think it's an honor so thank you so much for giving us that privilege. Thank when you, you call, when you call me, what thing I go talk to they do? No, no, you Baba, you know now, you know. I know how crazy how crazy your schedule is. I I know the number of things you're doing in ATL. I know it's been it's been crazy, and at least if you know they see with the hair gist, so it's quite it's quite a bit it's it's quite a bit. But um, I'm also like honored to be to be to be invited to talk to you because um i see what you're doing from afar and yeah i really i really honestly appreciate it um from from various standpoints one is you're capturing stories that need to be told that's the first part right huh. and it's almost it's almost like we're breaking a very bad cycle of not um documenting history yeah so yeah the fact that you're even just getting people to come and tell their own stories and now we have it captured in some kind of time capsule yeah that lives on forever is amazing and you you i don't know if that's how you're thinking about it but yeah uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot in my head i i swear there's a lot i think about um especially if the story is not being told the right way a whole lot of people are going to miss what that history is Exactly. And and the only way we can capture some of those things is to start talking to the stakeholders, the guys that we know actually played the real game, you know. Uh, but let me let me start by questioning one one way, and this is how do you feel now when you let let's say when you when you hear Afrobeat, let's say you're in your I'm going to give you two different scenarios. Let's say you're in your house just listening to music and somebody like Wiz popped up on your radio. Or teams, how do you feel? What what kind of feelings do you have? That's one. Secondly, if you're sitting with people, let's say you're just out there and somebody's just trying to tell you about Afrobeat and trying to give you what the history is as much as they know. <laughs> how do you how do they feel? So the ver the first question, right? How do I feel every time I hear like Afrobeats in general, especially yeah. in places that I never that, that most of us didn't even think were possible now, right? Yeah. There's a feeling of satisfaction. There's huh. a feeling of success, a feeling of joy, huh. a feeling of accomplishment. You know what I'm saying? Because huh. these are dreams that we had when, and it's it's not something you can explain to someone today, someone who's just experiencing Afrobeats now, yeah. that these are dreams that we had when there was absolutely nothing. And by oh. absolutely nothing, I mean, there was a time in Nigeria 
where Nigerian music in Nigeria was not really appreciated. Yeah. At least not by young people. Yeah, nobody right? listens to him. Nobody yeah. cared. Like, <laughs> if you listen to radio now, in the 80s, they could play country music, play reggae. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was all foreign music on mm-hmm. the on you know the media uh, platforms. And then it was so it was, it was either you're listening to foreign music or you were listening to the very traditional local music, which only played at like the parties, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in between, you have People like us who are growing up listening to all these different genres of music and somehow we couldn't find our voice. So to finally find our voice and then to have the entire world World, accept it in its natural raw form, there's (laughs) nothing that gives me more joy. So that's that's the first question. And my answers are long. I hope you don't mind. Yeah, no, we have all the time. As long as you're not in a hurry. (laughs) No, I'm not in a hurry. The second thing is when people are trying to tell me about Afrobeats now, because I, I hear a lot of stories and I hear a lot of people talking about Afrobeats and, oh, this is this and that is that. Um, I understand that everyone is going to speak going to speak from, you know, based on what did or say, I have the need to even correct people because everyone's going to have their own narrative anyway. So there's yes. so many different things that people say that I just, I just look there, just say, hey, yeah. <laughs> If you were there, you oh yeah, you know, you know, hey, shit, you, you know, speak uh, yeah. your speak your own truth, whatever your mm. truth is, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So, like a typical example for me is the 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 Afrobeat um, documentary on Netflix, right? Okay. Um, when I saw that story, great work though, you know, wonderful story by Egmont. Um, shout out to Ayoshanaya on that one. Um, however. I think the, the, the old documentary didn't capture some of the essence, you know. Um, they have their own path when it comes to what the history is, which is more related to England, London, you know, the movement over there. But on our own side in Nigeria, there, is, there are some parts that went through Ajegunle, Festac, you know, a hooker that was not really captured. And when I saw that documentary, I was like, mm, sincerely, this segment can make 10 or 12 series of this thing because the story is still plenty, you know. Story plenty. Now, did you see it? Did you see the documentary? Of course, I saw the documentary. I was in it for yeah, you were in it, yeah. A couple <laughs> episodes. So I so I did see the documentary. Now, here's my perspective on it. Perspective, perspective. There are various perspectives to the story. People will only tell a story from their own perspective. Mm. Now, when the documentary came out, a lot of people reached out to me and they said, ah, the story is incomplete. How can they skip this? How can they miss that? Yeah. Ah, but you were there. Why didn't you tell them this? Oh, and, and, and my whole thing is this. When someone is trying to do something, they're going to do it from their own perspective the example that i gave when someone said oh and you know this this says the afrobeats documentary therefore you know this is like the official history i said first of all this is on netflix is not on the history channel and even if it were on the history channel no matter who's telling the history they're going to tell the history from their perspective if jabless were to do a documentary today you're going to tell a history that centers around a lot of what you know. You can't tell the history of hip-hop in Joss or Kaduna. You can't. You can't. Because you weren't there and you didn't experience that. And that was not a big part of your story. So I feel that 
more people need to tell their stories. Stories, yes. More documentaries <laughs> need to be made. Yeah. Because there is no there's no such thing as this is the truth and the only truth. No, this is your truth because this is your view of what happened. There are other people that also have other perspectives. So the more of those perspectives we can all hear, the better it's going to be. Think about Malcolm X or Martin Luther King. Do you realize that there are like 50 Martin Luther King documentaries out there? Over 50. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same story. Yeah. Guess what? It's fifty yeah, different perspectives. Perspective. Oh yeah, yeah. Story. Yeah. We know we talk about Afrobeats. Mono talk about Alaba. We know we talk about Afrobeats. Mono talk about, um, you know, even fashion. There's yeah. so many elements of Afrobeats. Maybe say, if you don't, and depending on whose perspective you're looking at it from, if you don't capture those things, then it may not be a complete reflection. So my challenge to everyone is tell your own story. Yeah, uh, but do you think do you think um, if we want to actually look at what the basis are, right? Mm-hmm. Most of all this older story have been inf- most of the influence came from one source, which is still back home. Mm-hmm. Do you say it that way? Like there there is actually oh. a foundation that actually influenced the others. You know, it's, so it's, so most people don't pick the story from the root itself; they pick it along the way. Yeah, because they joined it along the way. The way so yes. when, you, when you think about the roots, right? If you ask someone who's from our generation, and by our, I mean you're part of my generation, right? Yes, yes. If you ask someone from our generation, we probably got involved from like the, I would say, Raskimono, Blackie. Yeah. Alexo. Alexo. Alexero. Yeah. If era, you yeah. ask the people from that generation, Ration. they probably got involved at it. <laughs> true. They're really going to tell the story. Yeah, if, you, if, true. If, if now when whiskey blow, now you go on side. Yeah. yeah. You talk now. <laughs> of course, even all these Gen Z believes in a whiskey and David start from. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you yes, can yes. Ah, no, 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 no. Before, before the branch, there was nothing. That's what people are going to say. So it just depends on what part of the timeline you came in came on. In. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the one undeniable truth is that the end of the 90s, was when the movement began. That's the one undeniable truth. Yes. There were things that were happening prior to that, but end of the 90s, like 99, early 2000s, now at that time, now the whole like big movement start because yeah, yeah, people yeah. were doing things. Everybody was, yeah, really coming in. I was on tour in 1996. I did Rothman's Groove Tour in 1996, huh. right? I went on tour yeah. by myself as a solo artist. Nobody yeah. knows that. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody I remember I did one of those too. <laughs> no. Benson, Benson and Hedges Benson and Hedges, right? <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows these kinds of stories So so basically what I'm saying, Jabless, is that It just depends on who's telling the story And that's why more people need to tell Their yeah, stories sure. awesome. I think awesome. so, yeah. Yeah. yeah So do you I mean, LD, you're a visionaire You see 10, 20 years ahead I, I don't know the person we see Pass between you and Tinubu <laughs> You did see, <laughs> you did see ahead of everybody. But did you see this? Did you see this status of Afrobeat? Did you see today, ten years ago or twenty years ago? Did you see it this big? Thirty years ago, and when I say this, it would seem like it's easy to say that in retrospect. But I promise you, I saw it from the very beginning. I swear, I know. <laughs> I saw it from the very. Beginning. I knew, I knew you saw it. The reason I the reason I saw it, um, and I don't know if I've said this 
anywhere else. The reason I saw it from the very beginning was because I witnessed the birth of hip hop. And by the birth of hip hop, again, this is depending on the timeline of when you join, right? The birth of hip hop for me, when hip hop became a mainstream genre, right? Meaning when it started to go on television, because we had early access to satellite TV. So I saw Yo MTV raps start. I saw the basement start. I saw all of those shows start. I saw all of the artists that became Grammy award winning artists when they were still hustling their tapes. Mm, I bought Craig Mack and Biggie's um, demo. Like I had a demo, Craig Mack and Biggie's actual demo that Diddy and them people were hustling in New York. So my point is this. There was a blueprint. And that blueprint was clear. The whole idea of wanting to try and figure out distribution, wanting to try and figure out how to get the music, recognizing that doing campus shows was the way to spread the um gospel gospel in a sense Uh, all of those things came from the blueprint of what i saw with hip-hop in america i recognize that black people in america are just 10 percent of the population if 10 percent of the population in america can create something so viral then i was very confident that we could do the same thing in nigeria this is the reason why in the beginning i always also recognized that if you did not have a movement, it was not going to work. One person could not do it. It had to be a movement. You had to start a culture. This is why from the beginning, I don't know how much you remember, but I always wanted a crew. I didn't. Yeah. I told you I started. I was doing yeah. this by myself in, in 1993. Yeah. But then I was like, you know what? This is not going to work if it's just me. I need a crew. People have to see various, you know, angles, angles to this yeah. culture that we're trying to sort of showcase. And the truth is that culture already existed. We just needed to bring it out somehow. And the music helped us bring it out. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. A lot. (laughs) Yeah. Because I could, I, 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 I I can tell the way you started the movement with, with tribesmen and moving to tribes and bringing everybody on board and everybody with different styles. I'm like, this man see pass within all of us. See, I did not realize it at that point. But now, when I think about all those things, you know, then I I, I, I get it like, oh, okay. I think LC, LD saw it coming. He, he knew where this was going, you know. And I, I'm, I'm so glad. Right now, when when you listen to the new generation, and first of all, let me ask you, who's your top five right now, today? Um, my taste is very weird because there are certain things that me, I listen for in the music. You like me. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a musician, you really don't have yeah. general general, popula- uh, general population taste. But um, if we're talking about the artist that everyone knows, yeah, everyone knows. I really yeah. like Fireboy. Um, obvious. Well, okay. Let me let me back up a little bit. So if we're talking about the artists that are sort of at the top of the playlists today, uh-huh. I really like Fireboy. Um, obviously, I like David and Wiz and and Burner. Mm-hmm. I like Tua Savage a lot. Um, I like I like what um, the Maven crew are doing with a lot of their guys, new, yeah. new artists. I, yeah. I really like what they're doing there. I think that that's sort of the future of Afrobeats in a sense. So people plenty. But if you're asking me, like, just in general, people with me, I enjoy. We did my playlist regular, regular. Mm-hmm. You get Fireboy is definitely there. Joe Boy is there. Um... Um, Oxlade is there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, who else? 
Det går det växt när jag nu mentionar nya rappers. Nej, right. Actually, I like the rappers too. I like Black Bones, Vector. Obviously, love Vector. Yeah. And I'm not mentioning when they call MI. Those ones are like they don't enter legend status. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. of the new of the new guys, Vector self go vexed. I call him new guy, but <laughs> you, get, you get the idea, right? Like, yeah, I get, I get it. I, I, get I it. listen to very diverse range of Afrobeats. I try to like listen to everything that people are doing because I'm still vested, like emotionally, I'm vested because I want to see the genre, you know, get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like a lot of what those guys are doing will help the genre. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, awesome, and 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 that's true. Um, I I I believe these guys are carrying the flag, and they are really representing the the best way they can. And it, it's crazy. Um, sometimes I I when I even go to, you know, when when you go to an all white store like mm-hmm. these ones now, and on their radio you're hearing Fireboy, you're hearing Joba, and I'll be like, ah, oh, bro, I'm not tell you story, not tell you story. <laughs> yeah, we go cruise, hmm? cruise ship. Yeah, touring the Caribbeans. When we did dock for every country, we went to five countries, and everywhere except Miami, now Afrobeat they take welcome us. <laughs> for Honduras, Roatan for Honduras, as we they reach, as the boat they pull up, you know so they get welcome party. We will yeah, come dance. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Which song did they dance to? Up the mama's ride. I say, wait. First of all. You know, waiting these people they talk for this for this music. <laughs> Why be seen I waiting they play for here? But this, but the point is, the music is global. I'll tell you another story. Again, traveling around because it's, when you do your your own circle, it's easy for you to just believe that. Oh, okay, it's yeah. because I'm around people like me, or maybe the people are around me gravitate towards the things that I like, right? Yeah. But we go Venice, where the only we're there for like a week. Now we be the only black people we did the whole island, at least that I saw. Sha. Yeah, apart from people where they walk, maybe like two or three people. But when we went and every store we enter, like you go Chanel store, go Louis Vuitton store, go any of those stores. Uh-huh. Now Rema, did they play? If they not play, they know they play Rema. Did they play Burner? If they know they play Burner, did they play Wiz? Like that is the music the world is listening to, and I think people in Nigeria don't understand how far this thing has gone. It has gone uh-huh. very, very, very far, and it makes me extremely proud. Hmm. You should be. Proud. You should be. Let me take it back to you, LD. You started in Kaduna, right? Yes. You were born in Kaduna. Did you grow up in Kaduna? Zaria. I was born in Zaria. Zaria. Um, okay. ABU Teaching Hospital. Yeah, but I grew up in Kaduna. Yes. Oh, okay. So I, I want to understand how hip hop became a thing for you. How did it start from 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 that time you were in Zaria to the point you started Tribesmen? So. Really, what happened was we had early exposure, like I said earlier, to hip hop. Oh. We started watching MTV very early, and we started learning about the culture. We started um, really understanding Black American culture at a very young age. So I'd say maybe when I was like eight, nine, ten, right? Uh-huh. Um, obviously, everybody was in love with Michael Jackson. Thriller was the biggest thing at the time. Yeah. So, you know, there was that part. And then there was now all of these young people that we could really relate to in terms of fashion, in terms of just culture in general. Uh-huh. All the clothes we wore, we were trying to mimic those guys. I remember when I did secondary school that time, you get, you get we, me and my best friend, we wear our shirts backward like crisscross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
the influence <laughs> was in it was enormous, right? Mm. The local channel, NTA in Kaduna, would play from 4 p.m. to midnight. But satellite TV was 24 hours. Yeah. So you can, so, I mean, and obviously NTA, you know, they show things really, they as interesting yeah. as which they watch for satellite TV. That time. So it made, it, they really, really influenced us, which is why, this is an, probably another reason why you'll notice that the early renaissance of hip hop in Nigeria most of the early rappers now north of them from come joss kaduna yeah you know yeah and this is before abuja was even a thing he right introduced, yes um in the late 80s into the early 90s we were already very heavily into american hip-hop and the culture break dance and everything with a skateboard for kaduna 1988 i remember wow. right break dancing was like now just part of our normal normal you get what i'm saying so I even feel like when I got to Lagos, I used to look at Lagos and think, man, these people are so behind. Like, they don't even know as they go. They, <laughs> as they go for you. For, and yeah. that's, that's kind of the perception you would have if you grew up in Kaduna around that time. So for me, uh-huh. the expression when I decided that I was going to start to perform when I did secondary school that time, the easiest thing to do was the thing that I understood the most, which was to rap. Uh-huh. But then... I started to also recognize, and this was from listening. I can never forget that interview. There was an interview where Ed Lover, they follow Buster Rhymes, Queen Latifah, Naughty by Nature. So it was leaders of the new school and uh, Flavor Unit. Mm. Right? These were two yeah. crews. Yeah. So all, they come, do interview. They can't jump for there. They can't, they can't say, okay, bring everybody in. Right? Okay. And one of the things that they said was that, notice how every single person has a different style. You can't copy somebody else's style and stand out. And that thing stuck with me because um, it was that moment that I realized that in order for us to stand out doing what we're doing all the way in Kaduna, we needed something that would make us unique. Buster Rhymes was different from DMX, was different from Nas, is different from, from everybody. Everybody yeah. was different. Yeah. Everyone had their own style. In fact, that time, if you copy person's style, they called, they said you're biting, right? Yeah, you're biting. It was yeah. not accepted in hip hop for you to copy somebody else's style. So that was what made me start thinking, Omar, I guess figure out waiting if you do with Buster Rhymes, no feed do. Hmm. I guess figure out waiting if you do with Nas, no feed do. Because I know feed out rap Nas. Sounding like Nas yes, or, yeah. or Buster Rhymes or whatever, which is when I started trying to learn Pigeon. They hear it and they tell you. I actually started learning Pigeon in secondary school. Say, okay, you know what? If I feel understand this Pigeon, maybe now waiting will make me stand out be that. Hmm. So it now became a conscious effort to make it local. Hmm. It became a conscious effort that, okay, you know what? I get it. We're rapping like these guys, but no, rapping like these guys is not how this shit is going to pop. We have to do our own thing. And so I started doing that. And that's how my music journey began. Because when everybody else go come, come do American rap. Me, I go do that same American rap. I go come put some Niger stuff inside. So immediately, the whole crowd loses their minds. They're like, whoa, wait a second. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. (laughs) So... That was kind of that was kind of how it started, and then, you know, I, I moved from from uh, Kaduna to Lagos to go to Unilag. I was actually supposed to go to Yankee, like everybody else around me, but my papa agreed. Said I needed to come to Lagos and you know do be in Unilag and stay in Nigeria or whatever. So I moved to Lagos, 
and KB was in the same school with me in Kaduna. We kind of oh okay, oh okay. So as we reach now, what they do, they do, they do, and then we did a couple of demos, and then one of our guys back then, Swave, I introduced us to Rugged Man and Freestyle. Yeah, I know Swave. Yeah. So Swave did, been do one um, uh, soundtrack, movie soundtrack that time, way Freestyle and Rugged Man did on top one song. So when he played the songs, was ah, these guys, these guys too, ah, these guys too Sabi rapper, you know? Because then yeah. to us, we're very bougie. We look and say, man, all these Lagos boys go Sabi rap, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, ah. well, like, okay, come introduce us to these guys now, you know, make yeah. we make we yeah. try connect. So that's how we met Freestyle, met Rugged Man as well, and this whole idea of no, we have to make it local. It was a struggle in the beginning oh. because Freestyle understood it. And he recognized it, but I don't think in the beginning. And big shout out to Rugged Man. I don't think Rugged Man saw it in the beginning. Yeah. Because to him, it was just like, nah, man, we got to keep it real. I'm like, no, bro, keeping it real is doing this one. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, bring reason, it home. You have to bring you it know home. What I'm yeah. Bring it home. There's a reason why this thing is working. And by this thing at, at the time, we didn't even have any like tribesmen songs or there was no Rugged Man's or any, any of that yet. Now, just demo, we still didn't do. But I recognize that every time we did it and we add, added like local um, pigeon, Yoruba, Hausa, whatever into it, people just connected to it better. Yeah. So that just became the format. Hmm. And hmm. so, I mean, long and, and, that's, that was long blueprint. and that was a blueprint. That was a that's blueprint. the blueprint you gave to everybody. And that was where everybody picked it up from. Then from there, it went to typical extreme yoruba for people like that green and we'd make the hundred percent like okay this is where the the the, the attraction comes from that is where right. people want to yeah so it, that was a oh, moment that was the one blueprint that you suppose they're supposed to pay you for <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah i mean it, it's easy it's not it's not easy for me to try and take credit because i feel like if somebody else had my experience they would have done the same thing Hmm, it was just based on my experience. Okay, I hear hip hop. I like what they do. I see how they grow. I see how these guys they come. They get. They will carry their cassettes. Like I said, everybody get that time. They will carry yeah. Their yeah. Uh -huh, they go take right the name of the song on top of it. I'm talking about the the big hip hop artists that everyone now knew later in the '90s. Like I saw yeah. all of them when they were starting. So I was like, oh shit! If these guys can do it, we can do it. Yeah, we can. <laughs> we can do it. And so we did it. So it was like, okay, what's the first challenge we need to solve? Okay, we need to create our own music because it has to be original. We know if they do all this instrumental, what can I get? Just carry somebody else's song, remix them. No, it has to be original. How do we make it original? We have to create it. How do we create? We need to produce. Okay, what are the tools that we can use to produce? You know, say shake body beats now. Now on top paper, I sequence them. On top paper, ow. Let me explain. So... Okay. You know that uh, gridded paper we they use. We need to call them for Niger. That exercise book we get lines. Two B, two A or two B. That exercise book now we get lines. Yeah, get yeah, yeah. Not two A, two A and two B. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So that gridded paper, I carry and go studio. Actually, I go studio. I go now Charlie Boy studio. I go. I can never forget. Mm -hmm. The engineer they use um, what's the name of that? Um, Cubase. Cubase, yeah. He goes Cubase or no. It wasn't Cubase. It was the other one. It was either Atari, Cubase. Atari. Atari. It was an Atari okay. ST. Okay. But he was running the first version of Cubase, I think. Okay. So when in the sequence, the music, I noticed the bars 
and I noticed the loop and I noticed the count. And I noticed that when he tells me to play something, every time I play something, the MIDI notes go yeah. they capture on the yeah. 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 I suppose we do this thing <laughs> on paper because that time, not two five for four hours. And two five that time compared to now. It was a lot of money, right? Crazy, yeah. So we don't pay the first two five. We don't see the sequencing do properly. Now I can say, okay, you know what? I have to figure out a way to, to game this studio nonsense. So what I need to do is go home and sequence it on paper and come back and not play it and just tell the guy, use the pencil to write the MIDI notes. So when you write them, you know, it'll, it'll be on, on beat. Yeah. It no go get swing. Hmm. Yeah. That, if it, hmm. if it just on top of the beat, boom. Yeah. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. It go day full 16. You know, go, you know, go if you do triplet, we yeah. get small delay. So I basically now explain to the guy that, okay, can you move it just a little bit? Just move on small. So that you could get small swing inside. Anyway, long story short is that was how Tribal Marks and Shake Body were created wow. on paper. Karen goes, so my whole thinking back then was how can we solve that problem? Okay, now... I don't get computer. Let me get the software. What software do I need to get that can make this thing easier? One day I did scroll through. I did download that time. Shout out to, um, not be BitTorrent back then. It was um, not, no, not be Napster. There was some tool where they take download. Shout out, download, yeah. I download <laughs> loops. Yeah, download and burn them for CD for all my boys. Share them, give OJB, give Paul, give everybody Fruity Loops. Wow. Hey, 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 we found the software and we started now using Fruity Loops. And so the point I'm trying to make is that every step of the way, there was huh. some kind of challenge to solve. There was something that needed to be, okay, so we created the music. Now that we created the music, how do we distribute the music? How do we spread the music? Okay, now that we've started spreading the music, how do we get it to this next level? Okay, now that we've gotten to that next level, what is the next challenge? So it's basically for me in the beginning, it was always, what's the next challenge? Okay, we need to uh -huh. shoot video, Abby. What do we need to shoot video? Okay, we need to get camcorder. Where can we get camcorder? How do we get camcorder? Okay, cool. If we're trying to shoot, okay, we need to figure out the clothes where we go where. Who go be the stylist? Who go? All of those things were basically off of, like I said, the blueprint of just seeing American hmm. hip hop. And, how you did, and you did everything. You and did we, everything. We tried. Yeah. Everything. We tried. Like <laughs> from directing <laughs> from directing to production to producing to, to live band, everything LD was there. Wow. So is, is there anything new coming from you musically? Are we ever no. gonna get something from LD anymore? No, I don't no. think so. like, no. like 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 don So uh, there's something in our culture that that irks me. I don't really like. And it's that people don't realize when their time is up. Huh. People don't realize when it's time to allow new blood to enter into a system. Huh. People don't realize that everybody is here for a specific purpose. Everybody's here. You, everyone has a purpose. My purpose, in my own opinion, when it comes to Afrobeats, was to inspire people to show them that it's possible. Huh. and to break certain barriers. It would be foolish of me to think that I would be the only one that can continue to break barriers 
and get us to where we are right now. Yeah. I'd be an idiot if I was thinking that. Hmm. Recognizing also that new ideas come from the most naive places, meaning people we just come, we never get baggage of history, and then they always come up with new ideas. Yeah. They will always sound foolish in the beginning, but a lot of what they're saying and a lot of what they're doing is what makes new possibilities. So in a way, look at our leaders. People don't lead us for Nigeria since 1960. I didn't still date up till now. That's the yeah. reason why the whole place is shit because oh it's God. the same old ideas, the same old people with the same old mentality doing the same old things. It's uh. impossible to grow that way. The only way we can grow is if we allow new blood to come into the system. Death is an is a very terrible thing, but it's also beautiful when you think uh. about it. Huh. Because death is what allows progress. If people know they die, some ideas we've been dead 10,000 years ago go still there right now. Huh. You have to recognize when you have fulfilled your purpose, then let other people in. Huh. Our government can learn from this. There's no reason why people who are in their 70s are trying to be president in Nigeria. Huh. To me, it's a failure. Because that means you never groom anybody this whole time. If he come in, come bring in new ideas. You believe in a you, we go still do nah, Still this you go do everything. Huh. So my mentality is let new people in. Let new people in. Yeah, I mean, Baba well said, and, and I really understand where you're coming from. But there's something about music. When he's into you, right? There are times... Like somebody like me, there are times I'll just decide out almost anything music related. No, even following, I know even the interest. Oh, yeah. yes. And at the same time, yeah, if it be just a week after, I could just just ginger, this, just ginger, just find this rhythm, just begin the right. Say, say, I'm sure I can record that, but I cannot record that. At least it makes sense. So, you know, then I would find myself back in studio recording, I'm not with the intention of making it profitable or mm -hmm. but just for the love or the love. Yeah, I just, I just still do it. And Funny enough, I saw Freestyle it was like a couple of, maybe a month or two ago in Nigeria promoting mm -hmm. new single. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, though, this thing, I've been thinking that only me, they affect, but this thing is a drug. <laughs> it's like, see, this man still went back. He still went back to Beat FM. To, I'm like, I, I, I actually understand this. I understand how this feels, you know? You know, they really leave person like that. You know, they leave person. I agree yeah. with you there, 100%. You know, they leave person. I think. And honestly speaking, I'm not trying to shit on passion because a lot of us, music, not passion, not right? Passion. Yeah. You know, nobody, you, you know, they control. Like they say, music is not something that you, you, it, it comes to you. It's not you that go to, you can't go to music. Music comes to you, comes right? To you. Huh. So it did inside your, if it did inside your blood, there's nothing you can do. Like for me too, times a good day, I would hear some songs. You get, you know how many remixes in my head? Of all the big big songs, I did hear yeah. on available the other day. I was like, "Fuck, man, man!" If I get sixteen bars on top of this song, I will destroy him. Destroy him. <laughs> my mind. <laughs> my mind. But yeah. what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, just personally, I felt like it was time for me to do something else. And then also, going back to my whole idea of what's the next problem to solve, what's the next problem to solve, uh. that I found to be what drove my own. Um, that was what was the biggest fuel that I have huh. was to solve problems. 
so that if I can solve problems in other spaces outside of music, I still get, I still feel fulfillment. If music is the thing that gives you the most fulfillment, by all means, go for it. Continue to do it. Continue to do it. You know, if there's something else that gives you fulfillment, like in my case, I found new passions, new things that I love to do, and I started to pour all of myself into those things to the point where. I don't even remember say I don't ever do music before really sometimes. Cool. You get some places where I go day with some questions. Hey, I'll do the dog. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, that's my name. <laughs> like, oh shit. Yeah, that's right. You get what I'm with. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I see. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. yeah, no. Big love to everybody. Love to free. Love to yeah, shout out anybody. to free, man. Shout out to freestyle. Mm-hmm. Love to everybody who's out there really trying to pursue the thing that makes them happy. It's yeah. very important. I guess for me, I just felt like um the way that I am, I always do things with, like, I don't understand how to be half-assed with anything. Uh-huh. And in order for me to be able to do it at the level that I would want to do it, if I was still doing it now, I felt like I would be competing. And uh-huh. because of that, I decided, you know what? No. Let somebody else do this. Uh-huh. Let somebody let, let other people get a shot at this. Because... Maybe my petrol don't finish for my purpose where I suppose gonna serve. You know what I'm saying? Serve your purpose and then guide, guide. This is the other thing too. People where they do them right behind me. I provide a lot of support to people too until my support is not relevant to them anymore. And I've seen a lot of artists grow, you know, behind me that way. Yeah, yeah. One, one, one big one that I actually wanted to dig in in the in the conversation is at a point. When everything was working fine for you, you're in the forefront of this movement, you decide to leave. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even leave based on say, okay, make I leave silently. You actually made a song and telling everybody, mm-hmm, I'm leaving. Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Like, I left too at some point, but I left silently. Nobody knew. Everybody still feels like the Lagos, but I don't move. But but when you were leaving, you left with a public announcement. Like, okay, I don't even know when I'm gonna be back. I'm going and I'm, I'm going. Gone. Yeah. Okay. What prompted that? And what kind of what kind of belief is that? <laughs> that should be about they're supposed to study you as a course, like <laughs> like man, no, like, you're you're very you're too kind to me. So I think it comes from saying what you feel at any point in time, what you really feel. Huh. Saying how you really feel. Like, you get some of my albums where I go listen to now, where I'll be like, damn, man, that was a very dark time in my life. See the kind of thing where I did talk, right? Huh. But every single album and every single song that I made was about how I was feeling in that moment. So in that moment, when huh. I decided I was going to leave... I had made up my mind that I didn't want to be in that space anymore because I had I felt like I had reached the peak of what I could accomplish in that space. And I needed to go learn new skills so that I can potentially maybe even come back later to use the skills that I've learned to sort of improve the situation. Huh. So a direct link to that is... When I left, I needed to learn how to shoot videos properly. I needed to learn how to mix music better. I needed to learn. There's so many things I needed to learn. So Mm. the sound sound quality of our music, maybe most people have forgotten, was really, really bad in the early years. 
So yes. from 95 up to like maybe 2003 even, the sound quality was not great, right? A lot of people don't go remaster the albums now, but the sound yeah. was really bad. So one of the things I wanted to do was to go to a place where I could go be around professional sound engineers. The only place where I could do them at that time was to come to Yankee. The videos weren't great. We didn't have the equipment. Well, even if we had the equipment, I mean, we shot Oya using crane and all that stuff. Uh -huh. Equipment dig ground, but people waste our use them not today. No plenty here. So I felt like I had peaked in that environment and I needed to go where I could go learn these things properly and come back. Huh. And, you know, again, a direct connection to when I decided to make a return in 2008 was learning all of that stuff and coming back with Bossy Bang Web Video. Let me tell you one. Um, Fun fact. Huh. Do you know that Bossy Bamba is the very first music video on the planet that was shot with a red camera? On the planet? Yes. I didn't know that. Did you know that Bossy Bamba was shot when the red did not even have a case? It was just not the whole components, the whole just everything the body. red. It was just the body. They hadn't even come up with a casing for case. it. Wow. How I knew was because I was dealing with this company called Spitfire in Atlanta. And the red guys that built the camera sent one, one of their prototypes to those guys and told them to help them shoot some scenes to test the camera. And it was while they were doing that, that I decided I was going to shoot the video. And so we saw some of the footage and I was like, yo, this can do it. In fact, uh -huh. that, that prototype we would take shoot that time, it uh -huh. could only shoot for five minutes at a time. So you go shoot, then you go hot, then we'll go... Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're, gonna stop, we're gonna stop everybody for sets, give people drinks, give people food. While they try to cool them down. Cool them down. And when they don't cool down, the guy say, okay, you know what? I think we can start we can continue shoot again. They go on them again. Then okay, no, we have to let us know when exactly okay. We they rehearse scenes to shoot. Anyway, I say all of that to say that wow. I was trying to find a way to push the envelope. I was trying to push the envelope. Let's more, 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 more. Mm. Because I realized that at some point we needed to catch up. Return of the King, probably until five years ago, was one of the best mixed albums that came out of Nigeria. People didn't recognize it at the time. Yeah. But when you play Return of the King in 2004, next to any Nigerian album, it'd be like, say, they increased the volume times seven. True. The mix was, it was standard. It was like industry, uh -huh. radio, Yankee standard, because I did it while I was here. So... Pushing the envelope was what made me leave, huh. in a sense. And when I felt like, okay, you know what, it's time to sort of go back. Um, that was when I kind of decided to go back to Nige with, you know, huh. pretty much all we did at the time. Um, and then my second leaving, that one was inspired by family, passion, and Nigeria, just not Nigerian for me in a way that yeah. made sense anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the one I actually wanted to clarify because i was thinking probably he saw that this country is not going to get better anytime soon and we can't keep we can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result yeah it's time to leave and 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 that, that, that man I, I left and when i left it was, i was inspired by the banky that's how crazy it was it was just yeah. a conversation between myself and banky and i was like banky i'm gonna leave I don't, I don't think I can because you, if you could see ahead, you know that, man. If, and these days when I go back, right, I'm always grateful to God that I made you that left. move at, at, the at, the, at the time. 
Mm. You know, yeah. uh, so so and, and, and there's this saying when they say the best time to to plant a tree is ten years ago, you know, and the next time to do it is today, right? Like right now, right That's now. Right. So so if if the, if we have a, the new generation, the new guys coming up, and you want to give them like a word of advice on how to go about it today, what would you advise? How to go about what now? Um, how to go about this the the life journey? You know, how to navigate. How to see the big picture? How to know what their next move is? Um, I would say, I would say, I'll, I'll use an analogy that a friend of mine, Oladili, once used, which is that the natural thing to do is to is go Dale? towards yes, Dell. Dell, right? <laughs> shout out to Dell. <laughs> big shout out to Dell. The natural thing to do is to go towards the light, right? The um, light. And, yes, go towards the light. So, for example, okay. in the jungle, if you plant, say, say there's bare land and it's desert and then water starts coming there. After some time, some things will start to grow, right? After some time, those some of those things will grow into trees. Now, when a tree has grown into create shade, so anything that's coming after it is not going to be able to see light. And most times, anything that's coming after that tree has grown is likely to die. So the only things that will survive are things that can survive without light. If you are growing and you need to become a tree and you find yourself growing under the shade, you have to find light. Huh. You have to find a way to get to the light. So let me put that into practical terms. Huh. You were born. You don't determine where you're born. You don't determine the status of your parents when you're born. You're just born into a situation. It's like a roll of the dice, right? Huh. So you're born into a poor family. Nothing's happening for you. You're struggling because you want to get out of that situation to get to a better situation. That is you trying to find the light, right? So you move from a jigunle. Yeah. To Surulere, then from Surulere, you move to Dolphin. Okay. Then from Dolphin, you go to Banana. Then from Banana, you go to Yankee. Huh. You're moving towards the light. That's all you're trying to do is huh. find light. Because guess what? If you don't find light, you will die. Or the passion, the essence of living within you will die. Huh. So, so my whole thing, and I'm not trying to say this just to sound deep. What I'm trying to huh. say is that whatever your situation is, Find the light because it is there somewhere. You just have to find it. Sometimes it's moving out of Nigeria that is you finding the light. You said when you left and you went back, you realized, oh, my God, this was a fantastic decision. At the time, there were struggles. When you yeah. are bending, twisting to try and get to the light, it, yeah. it, it's not easy. Yeah, it wasn't but once, you find, once you find the light, the end has justified all the struggle that you did to get to that point. And the mm. point of the matter is that for you to live a fulfilled life, you just have to find the thing that is the light. That thing that gives you meaning, the thing that allows you to wake up and feel alive. Find it somehow. Mm. I wasn't able to find that anymore in Nigeria in 2011 and 2012 when I decided, okay, I can't do this anymore. Because I realized that I found that light somewhere else and I needed to go towards it. Mm. And it meant dropping everything. And yeah. going and literally starting afresh. And yeah. boy, like you, best decision ever. Ever. <laughs> best decision ever. Because ever. where I did now. Where I did now. Ah, Black Barrel alone. Everything was soft. Abi. <laughs> everything is soft physically, mentally, mentally, everything. Socially, mm. psychologically, mm. everything soft. And I think that that's what my advice is to. To everyone, mm. is so when, when when you said the light, LD, when yeah. you said the light, I 
think it has a lot to do with mindset. Mm. You know, um, a lot of people see the light, but they don't have the mindset to move towards it. They knew it's actually better on the other side, mm -hmm. but they just don't know how to pick themselves up and walk towards that direction because yeah. there's so many forces, you know, back there, back there that will always pull you back. Like, Agreed. You, can, you cannot go. You cannot go. So I think changing your mindset would be the first move. Mm -hmm. Try and think different. Try and, and it is not easy. You it's just not easy. Yeah. It's not it's easy. Not easy. No, you're right. It's not it's easy. Not easy. You're right. You're 100% right. It's a mindset thing, right? Which is why that's the advice that I'm giving is yeah. re recognize that moving towards the light, light is what you need to do. Just first of all, recognize that. Huh. And recognize that it is you that moves towards the light. Nobody by, nobody by sitting down for one place, they pray, say, ah, oh, God, please move the light, bring the light to me. No, that's not how it works. You have to move. So what is the thing that represents the light to you? How do you get there? Yes, especially coming from where we come from, everything is trying to pull you back to the darkness. Everything. Yeah. The whole system is unfortunately set up to prevent you from being, I, I say people sub succeed in spite of Nigeria, not because yeah. of Nigeria, Nigeria. Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So the point is, if you find yourself in a situation that is not favorable, recognize that you can always go towards the light. You mm. can. You can. It is possible. No matter what is trying to hold you down, there is some wiggle room for you to go yeah. towards the light, even if it's taking small, small steps at a time. Yeah. Don't resign and say, well, okay, well, no, nah, just day, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there was something you said earlier when you were talking about the country situation and you said, Imagine people that has been ruling the country since the 60s and they're still there. Yeah. You know, how do you actually want the new ones to progress? Because me, I remember say when I did grow, um, we are the leaders of tomorrow. We sing that song, Taya, Taya. And it's been oh, 30 years after, we still they sing we are the leaders of tomorrow. Leaders of tomorrow, no change. Now the same old people. And, and look at the last election, Baba. Mm. Would you call that an election? Shambolic. It is, it is traumatic. Yeah. I, I, I see, um, I've forgotten her name. I think it's Choma Chukuka, or, or one famous actress that was crying after being slapped. Like, yeah. like it is insane, you know, where you can't even have a normal free and fair election, you yeah. know, and, and yeah. you expect things to change. Uh, yeah. Like you said, guys, just move towards that light. Just look for it. You know, it might take a while. And seek information. Seek information. You can actually make it happen. You know. And there's something I also noticed, LD. On your page, I've been seeing all these testimonies from guys that you train. I don't know what the details are, but I know there's a whole lot of African Americans and some Africans that are here um, want to change careers. Or, but I, I know you've done, and I know that anything you do, you, you always have it on the extreme. But I don't really have what the details are. I don't have what the details are. The detail about what you're training, what but I know there's a cost. Um, I've seen testimonies from people, you know, they, mm -hmm. they, they should they make videos and say, I learned this from LD. And would you like to elaborate Talk about on that, that? Yeah, absolutely. So when I when I when I came back, so when I first came to the US, um, I was obviously doing some IT stuff because even in Nigeria, I come from an engineering family. My dad is an engineer. Oh, My dad was the leading pioneering engineer in Nigeria. 
Wow. Fun fact. Let me give you another fun fact. Another one again. In <laughs> plenty. My dad was the person that brought the internet, the very first person that brought the internet to Nigeria. So he set up pretty much everyone, all the companies that initially, all the first cyber cafes, you know, all of those connections came through my popsy. So he was, a, he was an IT guy. Wow. So naturally, by association, I did very aligned to, towards IT, even though I studied architecture. Right. So when I reached Yankee, that was the easiest thing for me to do was to go down the path of IT. Huh. So that's pretty much what I did as like my day job or the way that I earned money okay. while I was still kind of, you know, working my solo career, doing back and forth from Nigeria and all that kind of stuff. Right. So when huh. I came back to the U.S., it was kind of the logical thing to do. So I went back into the space again. And a lot of where I the things that I left behind when I moved to Nigeria has sort of advanced. So I basically just played catch up and I built up the skills Huh. That put me in a position to be able to train people who manage software development projects. Software development projects. Okay. Yes. So people who manage software development projects, developers themselves, you know, the people who manage the business side, people who manage the IT side. So huh. that's sort of the space that I was in. Now, um, while doing that, obviously, my wife and I, you know, started doing real estate and yeah. real estate kind of blew up for us. So. Uh, we decided that instead of me spending time doing IT, we should just go full head on and focus on doing real estate. And so we did that. Wow. And, but then one thing that came to me while I was still doing that was people always come to me and say, hey, you can you help me get the certification, get that certification? Because I was already a certified trainer. Oh. So people used to come to me and say, okay, I'm going to. And then I realized that most of the people that I was training were Uyibo people, Indians, you know, people we had to sabi from corporate yeah. world. Yeah. Come look, say, Como, this is something that I can teach our people as well. And don't mm -hmm. forget, this is around the time when a lot of people they come from everywhere. People migrating to Canada, migrating to Yankee, yeah. you know, yeah. England or whatever. Um, so I basically decided at that point that I was going to teach people around me, my cousins, my friends, my sister, my you get what I'm saying? So I started doing yeah. that. and then the word started to spread. Okay. And then I, I built a program. And I still do that today. And it's sort of my give back mechanism because I feel the skills that I have can get people into six figure incomes like that. I don't care where you're coming from. I don't care what your background is. And I was able to tailor my program to be able hmm. to do that because the people where I've been, they teach in the beginning, all the only people the Indians had to talk about, they were mostly people who didn't have really any IT background. So I was able to tailor it in such a way and I said, I teach more Pekin, right? To teach you, even if you don't know anything about anything, like you don't know how software works, you don't know anything. I could basically, in a couple of weeks, get you to the point where you could manage software projects. Wow. So that was the program that I created. And that's kind of what you might have seen people giving yeah. testimonies about. So I, it's something that I do. I have a passion for it. I love to do it. I do it mostly just on the weekends, just to sort of help. The community around me. I also believe in one thing. I know my answers are very long, but I also believe in one thing. I believe that the people that are going to change Nigeria are outside Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> and what those people are lacking right now is financial capacity. So the more people that we can get into a space of financial freedom, freedom, yeah. In North America, in Europe, 
and all these in Asia and all these other places. And my course is something that I teach globally. I have people everywhere, Australia, Finland, Japan, Malaysia, you know, Yankee, Canada, South America. Right. If we can build that kind of capacity financially, then people will be comfortable enough to start to take Nigeria's issues very seriously. And we will be able to shift policy wherever we are locally, internationally and ultimately in Nigeria. So that's one of the reasons, one of the things that drives me to want to do this is yeah. empowerment. Empowerment. Um, yeah. So how do you access, how do you access, access that platform? So coach, coachdabbery.com is the oh, link okay. that I, that I basically share with everyone. And, and when you go to that link, it tells you what the program is about, how the program works. And then it gives you an opportunity to sign up for the program. Coachdabbery.com. Oh. Yeah. Coachdabbery.com. Wow. Okay. Wow. Now it's now it's now it's not to do on the side now, but because thank thankfully, you know, by by the grace of God, I don't kind of retire now from like active music or even active like corporate or anything like that. Huh. Every now and again, if you see one contract, person carry one big money come. I say okay, my good one, right? But okay. I've I've I'm grateful that I have the flexibility to be able to do that. But nothing gives me more joy than seeing people come from Nigeria or come from Cameroon or Ghana. Yeah. It's Yankee. They're trying to figure it out. And then the next thing they come they to my it. course. Yeah. They get a gig that pays them 150 K. They buy their first house. They buy their first car. They go and get married properly. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah. they start a family. They're living a fulfilled life. Nothing nice. gives me more joy than seeing that play out. So I've made it like my passion now. And I really enjoy it. And you don't actually need a degree to do that. You don't. Awesome. You know, a lot of people don't realize that most of the tech companies don't even need you to have a degree anymore. Google doesn't need you to have a degree. Facebook bless you. doesn't have a degree. Uh, I, tell, I, tell, yeah. I, I tell them all the time, like, bro, this is 2023. I'm sorry. But the degree might not be as valuable as you think it is anymore because there's everybody, most of these IT companies just care about your skill set. They just want to know if you can do the job, you can deliver it on time. But if you just go back, some people will come here now, go back to school to get student loan, spend another four or five years, and at the end of the day, oh, come on, man. Waste you don't need money. it. Just yeah, just go to coachw.com and go get yourself ready. Get yourself, get yeah. yourself situated because and you know what the funny thing is? I'm not even talking about just my program, I'm saying just in general. In general, yeah, yes, right. cybersecurity data. There's so many things that you can learn. And the thing about it is that all of these things now knowledge work. If you understand the framework, yeah, and you nobody say you could just go do one two-day class, like you uh-huh. really understand it, right? And make sure when you're looking for courses that you go to people who can teach you the inner inner. Yeah. That will help you, especially somebody that can speak in a language that you understand. Because sometimes you can look at all these uh, videos online. The way that they explain the thing is not really clear, right? Like you yeah. really think, it's, ah, okay, I kind of get what they're saying, but how do I apply this, right? This mm-hmm. is where my course is very, very powerful because I've built it in such a way that, for example, my niece at age 15 do the course and she passed and she get the certification. If a 15-year-old can do it, anybody mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, she never yeah. entered union now. And I still, you know, yeah. middle school or high school she did that time. School, yeah. So the point is, if you can, if, if she can do it, then anybody can do it. And so that's where a lot of people are struggling is sometimes you want to learn something new, but 
you can't. It's hard to find someone that can teach you, teach you in a the way, right way that makes you it. You will easy understand it. You yeah. understand it because at the end of the day, all every, people when they do the work, they go do. I'm like saying that one big thing. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. Yeah, but but you know you know what saddens me. Sometimes when I go to let's say places like maybe just a restaurant or maybe I'm in McDonald's or maybe I maybe just a retail store and I see an African brother or sister, you know, fine burgers on, and we get talking and you realize that these people have degrees back home, yeah. you know, bachelors back home and they get here. Uh, uh, there was, was, there was one actual um, interaction that I had with somebody at Primark, you mm. know, dude was a security boy. He knows me as jobless from Niger, mm. you know? Uh, so it was like, ah, jobless, ah, bye -bye, I greet you. I greet you. Then we got talking and I was like, are you comfortable doing this out here? And he used to work in a bank in Nigeria, mm. Mm. you know? And I was like, but there are things you could do with your skill, with the skill you have in banking. There are some IT courses you could do up here that could change your story. You know, mm. you don't have to go through this path. And he's like, ah, uh, it, it is, he doesn't even believe that it's possible. And, it, and this is just lack of information. Yeah. You know, a whole lot of people don't even know that this is possible. There are people that you even tell them this is it. They still don't believe it is possible. They will tell you, ah, uh, uh, you don't have that certificate for that course in America. You don't have this. And, and I mean, this is why conversations like this are needed, you know, so that you can actually, sh because you, uh, you're already at the light, then you need more light, you know, to yeah. take you to that level. You, you need know? to, you need, it, it, it kind of comes back to the whole finding the light thing, right? Is recognizing that some people don't do them. So ask them how they take them. How they do them, yeah. How yeah. they take them. Baba, how you take them? What do you do? Do you get what I'm saying? And, and I think that's a conversation we don't have enough of. And yeah. also we have a culture of not sharing as well. So let's yeah. let's not just blame the victim. The vic yeah. yeah, true. We also have a culture of people they do. I yeah. say, ah, how fun. Uh, guy, you just enter this place now. What do they do? Ah, say, ah, now God. Now God, yeah. Yeah, I made a I made a video about that a couple of weeks ago. It actually went viral. Like people went crazy. I was like, Nigerians don't share information among themselves. Everybody wants this person to look up to them. Like that's right. And it's not it's not a right mentality. Like it's not. Really. There's no way we can grow collectively. And the thing is, people don't think about collective growth because what they believe say our success is based upon the ability to trample people we know they're successful around us. That, mm. that if that is your mindset then Nigeria is what it is, right? That's why Nigeria is the way it is. Yeah, then you're Nigeria. If you people, we sabi, no one make anybody else sabi. Yeah. Because they believe in that way, they make them relevant to that. that yeah. We even get some proverbs where people, they engineer to support that concept. Tisho eniba. I'm out for what, Bojeni? Tisho eniba, Gino. I'm out for what, Bojeni? Say, ah, homo, this young. Gas keep them. Gas hide them, chop them, low key. No yeah. tell but they say, ah, come on, yam, they decide, we want to go find yamo. So the mm. point is, if that is the mentality, then it's also difficult for us to grow. And that's one of the things that I tell everyone that comes to my program is, listen, listen, me, I don't teach you now. You go begin to see money. When you start to see money, teach other people you save. Hmm. Show other people the way. It doesn't, there's no satisfaction in me being an island of success. It makes no sense to me. Hmm. I need to see other successful people. And maybe I've just always been that way. Maybe I've just always been that way. But it's one of the lessons that I learned from, you know, going back to our whole conversation about Afrobeats and seeing yeah. hip hop, right? Yeah. Flavor Unit was a crew. Leaders of the New School was a crew. Tribe Called Quest was a crew. crew. It, it, nobody, it's not just by a single, single, single. No, you have to build 
a movement for there to be any significant impact. No single person can do all of these things by themselves. Yeah. Now, they talk say person with a successful way, successful people know they are around them. You know, really, this is as poor as the others. Was <laughs> 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 so, the average they take? So, oh lord, uh, do you train people on real estate too? Like, I do actually. Um, I'm uh, putting together something to sort of simplify some of the real estate models that we have, mm-hmm. which I'm also very excited to share with the community. I'm actually working on it actively right now. Awesome. So that by the end of this summer, well, I'd built something, but I'm modifying it oh, okay. um, and I'm working on it. So hopefully by before the end of the summer, I'll have something that people can just consume. That watch it is crazy. step by step. What, mm. Yeah. You know, it's hard for us to actually understand the system here, how things work here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, sometimes it might take you a decade to actually understand what the basics are of how things work in America. If you right. just jump in, so I'm just like, yeah, everything there, right? But there are some, like, I, 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 asked, I started learning a lot about real estate a mm-hmm. um, couple of years ago, like two, three years ago, and mm-hmm. the benefit is enormous. In fact, the kind of advantage, the kind of tax benefit you could get from owning properties or being into rental business is crazy and a lot of us don't even know what those informations are you know i think you should be you should it should be part of what whatever you're trying to put together so we can actually understand that there are so many advantages when you own you know properties in places like that because the system or they made a whole of thing easy when you have properties you know uh, and you know, I, you, I know when you, yeah. when you look at it sorry go, i don't mean to cut you off no no go on go on yeah when you look at it and you ask yourself, how is the majority of the wealth of the world built? Hmm. Not real estate, no. True. Is real True. estate or stocks? <laughs> is it that real estate, stocks, or drugs? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm and drugs on the pharmaceutical side and the and the uh, El Chapo side. The El Chapo side. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So, so at the end of the day, if you want to do something legitimate, obviously, um, real estate is one of the easiest ways. It's just that, you know, like you said earlier, it, it's about information too, right? Yeah. Say so when people get information, we didn't share with other people. I think okay. that there's some basic things where we say you go notice for American communities or just in North America in general, when both people, they teach their children some certain concepts, right? Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. We know to Sabi because of where we come from. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like those are things that are not familiar to us. So the few of us, we don't go learn from those Oyimbo people. More they share with our own people as well, which is my, which is what my whole mission is with even putting together a program like that, so that people go feel understand. Say, oh, more this thing, because everybody, people they see money, but waiting to carry the money do is nine. They don't know. Yeah, and I can tell you right now for a fact that. Without a doubt, real estate is one of the easiest ways to grow money. I, I don't think there's like legally, not like it's almost like El Chapo type movement. If you figure out the formula yeah. of how to do it, you know, real estate is, is one of the only things that you can do that can flip 100K to 1 million in like six months. Yeah. There's only real estate that can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, only real estate. If you, if you go carry drugs from Honduras, come. Yankee, if you see that guy, money too. Not now, if they don't catch you, cut your head. <laughs> <laughs> but but you get the point, right? So yeah, yeah. We will play. I'm safe, and yeah. you know, and everything right. is by the book legally. That's right. 
So and 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 again, when people hear it too, they think ah maybe there's something. No, it's not illegal. That's how Trump made his money. That's how all the real estate. That's how. So it's either you're doing that, especially in, in America or even in China. It's either you're doing that, or you're doing some type of stocks. Hmm. Now the only thing is, if you just quadruple, you know, quintuple money with that, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited to share that. Ah, oh, awesome, awesome. I think I should leave this for for you guys at home. Um. If you want to, I said this on my Instagram live a couple of days ago, that if you want to achieve anything in life, like look for somebody who is doing the same thing on a higher level, right? This is like, there's one of, one of my mentors used to tell me that if you don't have a mentor, you're in trouble. If your mentor does not have a mentor, you're even in bigger trouble, right? You have to always look up to somebody. There's, there are people that have gone through this journey for 10, 12, 15 years. Mm. And they can make you achieve it in six months. All you That's need to right. do is just pay for that service and let them show you the blueprint. It's That's easy, right. you know. They'll show it to you, but you know how people they want to get everything for free. But no, sometimes it's worth paying for. Yeah. You know, go yeah. into go into the level, go and go and learn it, and you just find yourself there. You know. You know the funny thing, and what you're saying is 100% correct, right? You see somebody is going back to this whole light analogy, right? You see somebody who's already in the light. That's the light you're trying to get to. But you know, ask them, say, bye-bye, take reach. Right? And then also, the flip side of it, people wait on day delight. No one make people say they even day delighted. They won't just be quiet somewhere. You know, they won't they don't want to share their secrets with anybody. We all have yeah. to sort of change our behaviors. But hmm. where I'm get what I'm getting at is that sometimes you people, and like you said, people don't value paying for information. Information that can solve all the problems. It's like you're in a dark room and you're trying to find the door. You don't even know where the walls are. Well, you know, say door did here somewhere. Where if you think escape this dark room? Yeah. Then person say, Come. I if you give me door deal. I know where this door deal. Take <laughs> <laughs> your bring thing card, man. I just I go guide you, go where the door day. Yeah. Say I know this baba just won't collect my money. Man, I just they feel I'm out by myself. Mm. Hopefully one day I'll find the door. That's essentially what most people are doing. Exactly. Um, what people also fail to recognize is that when you're paying someone for knowledge that they've acquired over time, what you're paying for is for them to also give you part of their time now. Yes. Huh. Yeah. So for me now, if I want to teach people my class, I guess cut out five hours every weekend to teach people this thing. That five hours is time that I don't get to spend with my family. It's time that I don't get to do anything else but focus on teaching you. Hmm. But what you will tell me is that, ah, I can't pay you for that time. Just give it to me for free. Hmm. That's not sustainable. I might do yeah. it for free. You, and I did do it for free. And I have yeah. done it for free a Great. bunch of times. But it's not sustainable. The only way I can sustain it is to know that because you give me money, you go show up. Because most of the times when I did the classes for free, yeah, if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. Nobody's paying attention. Five hours, five hours <laughs> is a long time to be sitting down explaining something to someone. If the person don't pay money, they say go tired now. They go look say, oh, this thing don't be long. I go, I go yeah, it. I go come back. And they skip Manchester United now because I want to teach this class. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I would rather yeah. do with my time. I sit down and watch one game. I they laugh at my friends. Hey, that's not mm -hmm. lose. That's not lose. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what yeah. I would rather be doing. But I'm skipping those things to come and spend time with you. Time so. With you. And nobody say when I spend the time with you finish now, the thing for you no know, work, it's guaranteed. It's worked. It's gonna for, work yeah. for the last six, seven years 
for hundreds of people. In fact, thousands of people. It's hundreds of people every year. Huh. Last year, out of my program, 152 people in 2022. Wow. 152 people went from wherever they were to making 150K in USD a year. Wow. That is 20 something million dollars in wealth created. That gives me motivation to continue to do it. Huh. Yeah. But people waiting, looking at him from the side, saying, hey, just give me the, uh, Baba, just cut the soap now. Don't cut the soap. Let me ask, um, would you, do you mind, you, you can decide not to share it. Um, do you mind telling us what the price for the cost is? Huh? Or if you don't want to share it, it's fine oh, too. No, no, no. It's not even about not wanting to share it. It's that okay. they're different. It's different for different people. So if you're like Brandy, you have no idea. You can join and just get certified. You can join, get certified, and become part of the community. What does that mean? Meaning that even while you don't need work, I'm still available to you. Oh, okay. okay. So if you're if you need support, especially if you're completely new to the field, what I advise is okay, make sure that you're part of the full program so that okay. I'll still be available to you after okay. you've taken the class, after you've gotten your certification, after you've started working. Okay. So some people will come with me say they go say, ah, no, 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 no. In fact, I don't do the course before. I just won't get a refresher. So that's different. So the, they're all different. Different package, different package for yeah. depending on what your needs are. It just are. depends on what your needs are. So I try and make it flexible like that. Oh, awesome. awesome. Yeah, but my advice is if you really want to learn about it, just go to coachdabiri.com, C-O-A-C-H-D-A-B-I-R-I.com. Oh, okay. All right. I, I, I actually have an IT um, program that I do too, um, but my own is one-on-one. I really don't do it in classes. Um, okay. Yeah, it's one on one, and it's ten thousand dollars. If you, okay. yeah, if you, I mean, if you can't, I, I understand, but I know that this is going to move you from whatever you are to, you know, and that's what changed my life too. I never made money from music, uh, you know. It was until I got here and started new skills that was that was why everything changed. And fantastic, so, yeah. Um, and and it's been it's been a wonderful ride. Um, I, I'm just gonna go through a few fire questions, then we can round off, Baba. Oh, yeah. Um. Best book you've ever read? Best book I've ever read is. I'm sorry, I'm I'm over. Maybe I'm overanalyzing the question. But when you say okay. the best book, do you? I can tell you the most impactful book, the most enjoyable book, the mm. most like. When you say the best, okay, no, book, let's okay, let's go to impactful. The most impactful, impactful. book I've ever read okay. is, The Art of Thinking Clearly, by mm. David Allen. I'm sorry, no. The Art of Thinking Clearly by... Yes. Is it David, David Allen? Allen. come. Let me make sure. The Art of Thinking Clearly. Hmm, that sounds like a great one. Oh, The Art of Thinking Clearly is by Rolf Dobelli. Rolf Dobelli. R-O-L-F-D-O-B-E-L-L-I. I'm thinking of two different books. Actually, you know what? I think those two books rank side by side. The hmm. Art of Thinking Clearly by Rolf Dobelli. And then the second book is Getting Things Done by David Allen. By David Allen. Okay. okay. Getting Things Done yeah. changed my whole I've life. I've read Getting Things Done, though. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's a crazy one. It changed yeah. my whole life. So, yeah. Those, that's okay. it. Those are, yeah. Best movie. Woof. Or best impactful movie. Um, damn, that's a tough one. Um. 
The Matrix. Hmm. Why? Yeah, why? Why Matrix? Because you realize that everything that we experience could be in a simulation and it could be in a controlled environment. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I, I have another reason for you, though. <laughs> <laughs> everything we're experiencing is, yeah, it could be in a controlled environment. This whole life could be a simulation. What is to say right now that I'm not the only person in existence and everything else is just playing around me? I don't know. Yeah. What is to say right now that what I experience is not just some little kid somewhere who has created one little program and we're all just computer code? I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. So Matrix kind of messed my head. It is. It is. <laughs> Matrix is crazy, right? And, yeah. and you'd be like, the, the reason why I said I have one for you is like, if you sync the Matrix and you see the way you move, you know, you're like 20, 30 years ahead. Like you just see further, further. <laughs> and you, and it's always in the control environment. Like you said, okay, this is not good for me. Then I'm moving. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Matrix is a good one. Um, the last tricky one. Um, your mom. Yes. Your wife. And your <laughs> daughter. Who comes first for you? Bro. That's a tough one. Yeah, it's tough. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, wife, and daughter. daughter. Who comes first? I would probably go in the order of daughter, wife, then mom. Mom. Okay. And the reason for going in that order is my daughter is the one who needs me the most. And followed by my wife and then my mom. My mom brought me into this world. Obviously, she's critical to my very existence. Uh -huh. But my mom has also lived a long, fulfilled, enjoyable life. My wife is halfway through her own journey. My daughter is just starting. Just starting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. If you're asking who I love the most, I don't love anyone the most. But if I had to choose and hopefully that never ever happens Happen. <laughs> <laughs> i would choose to protect my daughter first hmm. Hmm. Mrs. <laughs> will go on you on this one <laughs> no, so the, the thing about it is even my mom would understand it and if i'm sure if someone asked her the question she if someone asked her uh -huh. what she thinks i should do she would probably say it in the exact same order yeah, but I think your wife would prefer her to come first before your daughter. Your I wife. Don't, I don't. I don't think so. I think she would understand why I would want my daughter to come first. She would. This also one would be a real conversation there. out there on social media. I know when it I play that, they'll be like, ah, they, they'll be like, no, ah, my mom, ah, after the suffering, <laughs> now I want to speak my woman. <laughs> so, so the thing, the thing, and this is this is also these are some of the things in our culture too that I think is important that we put in perspective, right? Hmm. Your mom. You don't have a choice who your mom is, but you have a choice who your wife is. Hmm. Can can you can you expand? You don't that have a, a choice who your mother is. Of course, yes. They just born you. You could just come. Okay, who be my mama? Okay, this person. Okay, might, cool. yeah. Right, but you have a choice who your wife is. You pick True. a wife as somebody you want to spend the rest of your life with. If mentally somewhere, 
you will always choose your mom over that person. Then that person becomes something that you're just using to make babies. Hmm. If you think of your wife as like an asset, some kind of property or something, where we say, okay, this one just did here so that you will never be able to prioritize that person enough for even you to have a good life. Hmm. Hmm. That person will give you their all if they feel like you will give them your all. all. If they yeah. feel at any point that you will give somebody else your all, then they will not give you their all, which will make your life, because they're the ones you live with, miserable. miserable. So hmm. protect your own self. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Protect yourself, protect your sanity, protect your own happiness. Make your home... Priority number one, everything else, the minute you marry, and this is something that I, they taught us in uh, marriage counseling that at the time I didn't think too deeply about, but when I thought about it later, it made a lot of sense, which is once you marry, this, your new unit is now priority number one. one everything you. else comes after this, after. everything else. If you want to use religion, so. Yeah. Whatever it is that you want to use, your, your immediate family, your nuclear family, they call it, becomes priority number one. Everybody else fall to the sideline because the minute you let the outside in, the inside won't work. The moment you let the outside in, the inside will not work. It won't work. work again. It won't work again. You just, yeah. Baba, I think that's the best thing I've ever heard in a long time. It's just a good way to let it go. Oh my God. Thank you so much. If <laughs> likes I go to school today. <laughs> nah, thank you. Thank you for thank you for doing this. It's wonderful. The conversation was awesome. I, I love every bit of it. Thank you. Um if people want to follow you, I know on on um Instagram is LD the Dawn. Yeah. What about other platforms? Twitter is also LD the Dawn. And I just really just mostly Instagram and Twitter. Um I'm on Facebook as well, but I know the two day Facebook because Facebook not for old people now. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but Instagram is kind of like where I hang out the most because my yeah. Instagram followers are the most organic. There are people where we say get similar interests of me. Face Twitter I get like one million something, but I know now music doesn't really find. Yeah. <laughs> And also for the courses, it's coachdabiri.com. It's dabiri.com, yeah. Yeah, for people to follow. So thank you, LD. Um, hopefully, we have you some other time on the show too. I appreciate it. Before I go, I just want to say okay. that, first of all, thank you for inviting me. Mm -hmm. And then also thank you for being very kind. You've been very kind to me. You've said a lot of nice things to me. And I'd be remiss if I don't acknowledge that. Thank I'm just you. being real. Though. I'm just it. being real. Everything I, I said it. was truthful. I appreciate it. And I and I and I, I see you as someone who is not just doing this to contribute to the culture, but someone who's actually very important to the culture. So please continue to do this. Don't stop. And yeah, I hope more power to you. I want to learn more about your program as well. So maybe offline we can talk. Offline I'll discuss yeah. with you. I, I really appreciate you inviting me, man. Thank you. I thank thank you so much. Coming from you, that's a that's that's a World Cup for me. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. See you next time. All right. Thanks, bro. You have to always look up to somebody. There's, there are people that have gone through this journey for 10, 12, 15 years, and they can make you achieve it in six months. All you that's need to right. do is just pay for that service and let them show you the blueprint. It's that's easy. Right.
the flip side of it, people wait on day to like. No one make people say they even day to like. They want just be quiet somewhere. You know, they want they don't want to share their secrets with anybody. We all have to sort of change our behaviors. We know if we talk about Afrobeats, more no talk about Alaba. We know if we talk about Afrobeats, more no talk about um you know even fashion and i think people in nigeria don't understand how far this thing has gone it has gone very 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 far. my name is jobless